Welcome to the Mustang UMC podcast recorded each Sunday morning during our 8.30 and 10.50 a.m. services. We invite you to join us in praise and worship during that time, and our hope is that this podcast serves as an encouragement for you and for your family in your daily life. We come now to the time in our service in which we hear the, the Word of God read after we just heard it being sung. And uh, today our scripture is Philippians chapter 1, verse 6. Let us give our attention to the reading of God's holy word. And I am sure of this, that he who began a good work in you will bring it to completion at the day of Jesus Christ. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Amen. Amen. You all may be seated. Let us pray. So, Lord, we do just pray, um, Lord, that that your truth and your word for each and every one of us, uh, no matter where we find ourselves today, no matter what we're struggling with, would you just be real and be present today so that we may know your grace and your goodness and your love. And it's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen. Well, we live in a world in which somebody has to be blamed for everything, right? That something is, somebody is always at fault, and, um, and we see it uh, in the, the news a hundred times. We, we saw it again this weekend, uh, this past week, especially with down at, at Texas. Uh, we, we can't just care for one another. We have to point fingers at one another and find ways to blame somebody or something, this is part of human nature is that we are people who constantly search for blame. And it's not just something we do now, but it's something that's gone on for a long, long time. Um, I think about a story with, with Jesus, and there was a man who was born blind, and they came to Jesus and they said, who sinned? Who's at fault for this? This man or his parents that he was born blind? And we all wonder whose fault is it, and we just keep pointing the finger, and we constantly try to blame one another. We're, we're looking at one another, and we're pointing our finger, and we're saying, it's your fault. And that person is saying, it's your fault. Back and forth it goes. We constantly are searching for blame. This is one of my favorite memes here of just Spider-Man pointing back and forth, right? Because this is what we do. Now, sometimes the person we blame is actually the person in the mirror, and that we find ourselves heaping on all sorts of criticism and fault and blame upon ourselves. That we really, for some of us, we struggle a great deal with ourselves, And we constantly blame ourselves for things. All sorts of things. And one of the things that we do is that we aren't very good at loving ourselves. You know, Jesus said it this way. He said, the second greatest commandment is this, to love your neighbor as yourself. And I had a friend, his name was Jeff, and, and Jeff said, you know, if some people, I don't want to be loved by some people the way they love themselves. Would you want someone else to experience your love the way that you really love yourself? Because the truth is, is that some of us are constantly negative towards ourselves. We have all sorts of negative self-talk. We blame ourselves for everything. We, we find ourselves struggling to think of anything good in our own life. And, and we have a hard time loving ourselves. And so if this commandment is true, that we are to love our neighbor as we love ourselves, some of us aren't very good at loving our neighbors very well. And some of us aren't very good at loving ourselves very well. 
And I think Jesus wants us to experience both, to love our neighbors and to love ourselves. And so when something happens, we blame ourselves. We may be generous with others. And in fact, one of the things I've seen over my time is that some of the most generous people to others are some of the most critical people of themselves. And they're harsh towards themselves, and they would say things to themselves that they'd never say to anybody else, but they feel it, and they live in it, and they dwell in it. And that may be you today, is that there's a struggle to love your neighbor as you love yourself. And so kids, I'm going to invite you in box one, what is something that you are mad at yourself for doing? What is something that, that you have a hard time of, of maybe forgiving yourself that you've done? Maybe it's something recent. Maybe it's something a long time ago. And so today we're really going to be talking about in this Dare to Forgive series about how to forgive yourself. How do you really and actually forgive yourself? And what are some of those hurdles? And what are some of those things that get in the way of, of you and I of forgiving ourselves? Because the truth is, is that all have sinned. We have all messed up. I don't know your story, but I know that, that you have one, and, and there might be some shame that you're still carrying around, something that you did 40 years ago, and you just have never let yourself go. You said, I can't believe I was the person who would speak and betray my best friend the way that I did. I can't believe that I would be the person that would yell at my kids in this way. I can't believe that I cheated on this test. I can't believe that I've had this addiction. Some of you are still carrying some of these things around. Some of these things have been so long. Some of these things are ongoing. I can't believe I got fired from my job and I deserved every bit of it. And you never forgive yourself. I squandered all that money that was given to me and I cannot forgive myself. I don't know what it is in your story, but I think for some of us, we have these sins that we consider unforgivable for ourselves, And we live in that. And for some of us, we carry that around. Now, the important thing I want to be clear about is we're not here to excuse ourselves, but to forgive ourselves. We want to understand what we did. We want to acknowledge what we did. We want to repent from what we did. But we, and we're, we're not going to just make excuses. We're going to forgive. And we're going to experience the grace of God, not only from him, but also experience grace from ourselves. Now, as, as I often think about life, I think about the extremes of life, and I try to see, okay, God, where are you somewhere in the middle? Now, there are, there are some people who, on the extreme, are what we would call narcissists, right? They're, they're narcissism, and what they always say is, I am always the victim. I am never to blame. It's always somebody else's fault, all right? Now, if this is you, that's a sermon for another day, all right? Um, but if I, there, there is this side of us that tries to always blame somebody else. I am the victim. I'm never to blame. It's not my fault. It's somebody else's, and we're constantly looking to defer blame. In fact, if this sermon doesn't resonate with you hardly at all, that may actually be something that you're struggling with. But for a lot of us, we experience the other side of the coin, the other extreme, which is shame. And shame says, I am bad. I am disgusting. I am terrible. I am horrible. I am no good. And, and it has this lie that says, if people really knew me, and I really know me, there's no way that they could love me, and there's no way that I could love myself. Shame says I am my worst decision, and, and, and we carry that around with us wherever we go. We, we wear this, and we assume that people are just going to figure us out one day. 
If they knew the things that I said, nobody would ever love me. I, I come to church and I have to pretend that all is good, but, but they don't know the real me. And, and we have this desire to be fully known and fully loved. But we're afraid and terrified that if people really knew us like we knew ourselves, there's no way that anybody would love us. And so we wear this shame around and it bogs us all down. There is no way to wear shame without it weighing you down because it influences how you see the world. It influences how you see yourself. Sometimes we even have a hard time looking in the mirror because we don't want to see ourselves because when we look in the mirror and we see ourselves, we see our worst mistake, our worst day, our worst experience, our worst thought. And so we tell ourselves lies. And, and we wear this. And so kids in box two, I invite you to draw somebody who is weighed down by a heavy backpack. What does it look like? And, and, and I think some of us, we carry that shame around everywhere we go with this big old backpack. And what happens is, is that we believe this, the story of the enemy. And the enemy story is this. It says, I am the worst thing I've ever done. Is, is that I am, my identity is tied into the worst thing that I've ever done. And so we carry that around. I am my addiction. I am the person who abused somebody. I am whatever it is. I am fill in the blank. I am the worst thing that I've ever done. And I carry that shame around with me. And then we also have this other part to this enemy story, which is this, is that everybody else deserves grace, but not me. Everybody else is good enough for grace, and I want grace for other people, but I am not worthy. But the crazy story is, is that God's story is so different, because it's not about being worthy, and it's not about being defined by what we've done. Our, de our definition doesn't come from what we've done, but from who God is. And God's story is a totally different story. It's a story of love. It's a story of forgiveness. It's a story of grace. It's a story of goodness. And so we have to choose to believe a story. And you're going to walk out of here and you're going to choose to believe a story. You can choose to believe the enemy story that says, I am, I am not worthy of love. I am shame. I am bad. I am the worst thing I've ever done. And you can live in that story. And you can live in that lie. Or you can live in the truth that I am loved and I am forgiven. And so I think what we have to do is to hear a little bit more of God's story so that it soaks deep in. And if you've been telling yourself that I am my worst mistake, if you've been carrying around that guilt and that shame, it's, sometimes God will have it disappear immediately. But most of the time, it's a process of unlearning the enemy story and relearning God's story and choosing, choosing to live in God's story. So this is God's story. It begins with our identity, all right? And our identity begins in what we um, would say in Latin, the imago Deo, the image of God. And the truth is, is that you and I are made in the image of God, that we resemble God the Father. We are like God. Um, and, and that this is a beautiful thing for us. Kids in box three, I invite you to draw a picture of what you think God looks like. And so the core of, of who we are is not in what we have done. It's not in where we've been raised. It's not in what has happened to us. The core of who we are, the very essence of who we are, is that we are made in the image of God. And that the first thing God ever said about you or I in the story of creation is that you and I are very good. You and I are very good. And so when God looks at you, he doesn't see you and think, gosh, that person's messed up. 
Oh, I can't believe they did that. God looks at us with this gleam in his eye and says, you are mine and you are special. And that our identity is that we are created in the image of God. We are image bearers. We are children of God. And that that is the core, that has to be the central part of who I am, that I am loved and that I am like God. And then after our understanding of identity is we have to understand reality. The reality is, is that I have sinned. I have made decisions that have hurt myself, that have hurt other people, that have hurt God, that have broken relationship, that have made this world experience pain and brokenness. Now, the thing is, is that sometimes we confuse our identity with our reality. And instead of saying, I have sinned, instead what we say is we experience shame. I am bad. Do you hear the difference? I have sinned versus I am bad. I like this way of thinking about guilt and shame. Shame says I am bad. Guilt says I have done something bad, right? There is a difference between it identifying the reality of sin with the very essence of who we are and understanding that we have sinned. We have done something wrong. We have sinned. And the reality is, is that we all have done that. You did mess up. You did hurt somebody you loved. You did make your future more difficult. Those things happened. And we can't go back and change them. We can't go back in time and make them right. But we can choose to do something with that and move forward into a better future. And so what God calls us to is this idea of genuine repentance and surrender. Is that we take what it is that we've done and we don't just let it identify with us. We say, no, that's not true. It's not, I am my worst mistake. I have made this terrible mistake. And I'm so sorry. And sometimes we need to say it out loud. We need to say it to somebody. Shame lives with secrets. And if there is a secret that you don't want to tell anybody, that means you need to tell somebody. You need to tell somebody. You need to reach out. Because shame will only grow and grow in secrets. And so we need to experience genuine repentance. We need to say, God, we need to say it out loud. Lord, I have sinned against you in these ways. And I'm holding this against myself. I'm carrying this weight. Shame is sticky. It sticks to us. But grace, grace cleanses us from all unrighteousness. And so when we repent of our sins, what we're trying to do is to get rid of the stickiness of shame and let it be gone. And then we can move into this idea of surrender. Now, here is one of the reasons why I think you and I struggle to forgive ourselves. is because we want the new life, but we want it on our account. We want to make things good, but we want to do it ourselves. Okay, Lord, I've sinned in this way. I'm going to do better next time, right? How many of you have, 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 have said, you know what, I'm going to stop doing this sin I'm sorry, God, or I'm sorry to my wife, or I'm sorry to whoever it is, and then you go back and you do it the next day, right? You know, that, that it's just the same thing time and time again, that, oh, I'm sorry, I'll never have it happen again, and then it goes back and we do it again. This is the pattern, and the reason why you do that is because you don't surrender it. You don't give it to God and say, God, it's yours. I can't do it myself. It's actually a pride thing. Instead, what we do is we hold on to it. 
and we try and we don't aren't able to fix it. And so what we have to do is we have to genuinely repent. And we say, God, this isn't, who, this isn't what I wanted to do. I know it hurt me. I know it hurts other people. And I need your help. Lord, can you help me? But if I hold on to it, it's going to be really, really, it's going to be impossible for me to really be able to forgive myself because I'm trying to fix myself. And then we have to receive God's grace. To receive this forgiveness, that in the name of Jesus Christ you are forgiven. This, these are powerful words and these are true words. We've been talking about this again over the past few weeks. And, and so in this idea to receive forgiveness, we need to hold on to it. We need to receive it. And then we need to receive restoration that God is doing something new in our lives. That God is at work and he is doing something amazing in us. Now, as I was preparing this sermon, one of the things, I was like, why are people struggling to forgive? And I think one of the major reasons why we struggle to forgive is because we want to be our, our own hero in the story. Is that we, we live into this American idea that if you fall, pick yourself up again. If you fall, pick yourself up and move on. And this and then what happens is, is that you struggle to move on because you got yourself in the hole in the first place. And so you want to be the hero in your own story. You think that because you did this awful thing that you have to pay the debt. You don't have to pay the debt. Jesus already did. And you think, well, okay, I don't have to pay the debt, but I need to make things right. I need to do as much good as I added bad into the world as if this is going to work out everything. That's works righteousness. That's not the gospel of Jesus Christ. You're trying to be your own hero. You're trying to be your own savior. You don't need to save yourselves because that was already done for you. So don't feel like I've got to be the hero. I have to make things right because you don't have to. And frankly, you can't. You have to choose to follow God, and you have to trust in him that his grace and his forgiveness is not just for other people, but it's also for you, all right? I mean, you know, Mariah Carey sang this song, there's a hero that lies in you, but I just think that's a lie to you because the ultimate hero is named Jesus Christ, and he has saved you no matter what you've done, no matter what you've said, no matter how much shame has carried you and you've been wearing, it's not true. Receive his grace. Grace in, grace out. This is the rhythm of forgiveness. And so what happens is, is that some of us, we say, okay, God, I need your grace. And, and, and then we, we don't let it do its work in our life. We, we may let it come in a little bit, but then we stop it or we don't let it enter in at all, whatever the case may be, we don't give ourselves grace in and grace out. Love your neighbor as you love yourself. Jesus said, the first commandment is this, love God with all your heart, soul, strength, and mind. And the second is like it, love your neighbor as you love yourself. Receive grace, settle grace, give grace. This is the rhythm of the Christian life. And so I think one of the reasons why you and I struggle to forgive ourselves it's because we're trying to be good Christians instead of trying to be good children. We think we have to do all the things instead of just be in the presence of God. 
You know, I think sometimes we just miss the mark, right? We, we, we think that, God, I'm going to make you love me. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do it. I'm going to be the one that's going to, you're finally going to say, wow, this person made me love them. And I'm going to do all the right things. And I'm going to try and I'm going to try. And what ends up happening is we fail again and then we're harder with ourselves. So why don't we just trust the process of grace and sit in his goodness? I mean, that's what the scripture is today. And I am sure of this, that he who began a good work in you will bring it to completion at the day of Jesus Christ. Do you hear what that doesn't say? It doesn't say you have to do the good work. It doesn't say you have to make things right. It doesn't say you figure it out and God will be proud of you. It says, I am sure of this. These are Paul's words. I am confident of this. That God who began a good work in you will be faithful to complete it. And so God is at work in your life. And he wants you to forgive yourself. But we let the hang-up live and dwell in our life. He who began a good work in you will be faithful to complete it. Forgiving yourself is not just about you. It's mainly about God. God is the actor who will give us forgiveness and will give us the grace to forgive ourselves. Maybe some of you have been trying to forgive yourself for a long time. Maybe there's something you've done and you've just let it set in you and you've tried to forgive yourself and you've tried to forgive yourself and you can't. And the reason why is because you're trying to do it yourself. But forgiveness of yourself is a dual act between you and God and that we have to live in it. Now, one of the things the enemy does is he exceptionalizes our behavior, is he makes you think that you are the only one who experiences this, that you are the only one who has a hard time forgiving yourself, that you are the only one who would ever do something so terrible, that you are the only one who would ever do it. And there are some of you in this room, and there are some of you who are watching this, who you are blaming yourself, and you are struggling to forgive yourself something that you had nothing to do with. Like you just received abuse and you're blaming yourself that you were abused when it wasn't your fault. And you need to receive God's grace for that. And the enemy wants you to think it's an exception. But we are all part of this journey and we have our own story, whatever that may be. And so we have to tell ourselves and remind ourselves a different story. And so this is a story I think we have to tell ourselves time and time and time again. And if you're struggling to forgive yourself, remember this story. I try to make it as simple as possible. I'm a child of God. God is merciful and generous. I am forgiven and I am generous. I'm a child of God. I am beloved by him. I am created in the very image of God. Who is God? God is merciful and generous even to us. One of the reasons why I think God used such terrible people and redeemed them like David and like Paul and like Peter is so that we could find ourselves in the story and realize that if they can be forgiven, so too can we. God is merciful and generous. And sometimes our concept of God is that God is judging us, that God is harsh, that God is mean, that God is out to get us. And I've talked to people and they're thinking, you know, God, you may be good to everybody else, but you're not good to me. It's the enemy exceptionalism again in our lives. But here's the truth. God is merciful and generous. 
He is abundantly forgiving sins. And so then we have to hold on to these words, I am forgiven. I am forgiven. And, and, and that's a present action, not just I was forgiven, but I am forgiven. I am living in the forgiveness of God. And I am generous. I am sharing that as I receive grace, grace in, grace out. And so what's going to happen as we, as we go from here and as, 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 you, as you go into your week, the next week, is the enemy is going to whisper into your head and he's going to say, you know that things that Aaron were saying on Sunday, they're not true. They may be true for everybody else, but they're not true for you. That's a lie. They're going to say, you know what? He said you're a child of God, but no child of God would do this. That's a lie. He may get, try to get you to think that God is not good. That God is judgmental. That God is like your dad who judged you for all sorts of things. No, that's not who God is. God is merciful and generous. And then we have to hold on to this forgiveness. I am forgiven. And so when those lies whisper in, we speak the truth. I am forgiven and I am generous. Scriptures tell us that, that, that God has separated our sins from us as far as the east is from the west. I hope I got that right. As far as the east is from the west, so far are our sins for us. So why do you keep chasing them? Why do you keep chasing your sins when God has already separated them? Why don't you believe the story? Why don't you trust the story. And so is it because it's so sticky and that we've made it part of our identity that we need to find a way to let God's grace help to let it go? Maybe it's because we've lived it so long. Maybe it's because we believe that we're exception. Maybe it's because we, we believe that we have to atone for our sins and none of that is true. Jesus has done the work so we don't have to. And then as we do this, the great thing about forgiven people is they forgive people. You've been forgiven much, forgive much. You are generous. You are good. And one of the ways actually that we can help forgive ourselves and is to, to help other people, is to take especially our brokenness and our pain and to redeem it and to use it for other people and for the good and the healing and the helping of other people. This is one way that we do forgive ourselves. It doesn't mean, that doesn't mean we pay back or we try to atone. That's already been done. We don't try to atone and go back and make things right. We move forward to help other people because we are generous. And so kids in box four, I invite you to draw a picture of you letting go whatever it is you drew in box one. Because guilt, we can drop. Shame, we can't. Guilt, I can say, I did this thing, and I name it, and I can say, I let it go, and it's gone, and it's free. But shame is sticking to us, and we can't get it off. Only God can. When he changes our story, when, when his grace washes us white as snow. You know, one of the things that I realized about snow this week I probably knew it before, but I, you know, you forget things because you're not used to snow in Oklahoma. But my gosh, is snow white and is snow bright, right? I mean, I think about it when you walked outside to just check, you know, and you got your, um, your, you didn't even need a ruler. You needed a yardstick, right, to see how much snow you had at different drifts. And you just could barely see because it was so bright, right? This is the effect of being washed white as snow, 
is that the Son of God reflects off us and into the world. It reflects off the snow and it reflects into the world. And that God has called us to goodness, to faithfulness, and to life. I was listening to a sermon by Craig Groeschel on how to forgive yourself. He did a great job. Some of this came from him, but I love this quote that he said. He said, Satan is bringing up your past because he is intimidated by your future. He is bringing up these things because he doesn't want you to be redeemed. He doesn't want you to be free. He wants you to dwell and to live and to live in this misery of life, of self-loathing, of self-hatred, instead of choosing to live free and to bring goodness into the world. And again, I think for us as Christians, we are not good at this. Because we think righteousness depends on what we've done instead of what he's done. So you have to let it go today. You don't carry it around anymore. Don't let yourself be defined by it. Don't walk in the way because it leads to death. Instead, let it go. Say, you know what? I did that and it was terrible, but I am not going to dwell on that anymore. I'm going to acknowledge it. I'm going to let God's grace be more than enough for me. And I'm going to trust that he who began a good work in me will be faithful to complete it. And so as we have a little bit of time, I'm going to invite us to a time of just being still and of praying. Um, we're going to open up the altar. You're welcome to come if you want prayer. Maybe there is something you want to let go. You can leave it here. Nobody's going to know what it is, but you can leave it here. You can write it on our prayer walls, and, and you can write something down. You can put it in the prayer wall, and you can let it go. I've been struggling to forgive myself with it. Do an act. Let it go. You can, if you're at home, maybe write it down. Just get on your knees and pray. Whatever it is, find some way to release it, to let it go, and then to move into the future that God would have for you. And my goodness, the difference we could make. So we'll have a, a time of, of prayer um, at the altar, and then we'll have a, a chance for us just to sing our faith and sing the truth, that we are children beloved by God. So let us pray. Thank you for listening to the Mustang UMC podcast. Once again, our services are at 8.30 and 10.50 a.m. every Sunday morning, and we would love to see you there. For more information about the Mustang United Methodist Church, please visit us at mustangumc.org or email us at office at mustangumc.org. That is office at mustangumc.org. We hope you enjoyed.